Welcome to the Woman Warriors Podcast. The information in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. And now here's your host, Elizabeth Cush, LCPC, with today's episode. Hi, everyone. Today is my first solo episode, so I hope you uh, enjoy it, and I'd love to get some feedback from all of you listeners. Uh, I'm talking about my um, experience with mindfulness and how it's helped me in my day-to-day life, but I just wanted to share that, um, and this is something I share in my blog and I have shared in other interviews Um, you know, where I'm being interviewed for a podcast that I too have struggled with anxiety. I am a woman warrior, which is why I created this podcast, because I know what it's like. Um, And I just thought it was important to let you know that I too struggle and that mindfulness has really helped me get a handle on my anxiety and work with it in ways I never thought possible. So I hope you enjoy it. Again, uh, I'd love some feedback, so check it out. Here we go. So welcome to episode six of the Woman Warriors podcast. Um, The last few episodes, we have talked a, a lot about what can contribute to anxiety for women. Uh, some of that is trauma or being, being emotionally neglected as a child. Um, some of it is cultural and social and expectations for women can get in the way of just feeling empowered and healthy and strong in our decisions and trusting ourselves to just be in the world. But we're also talking a lot about how mindfulness can help heal, but also just open our awareness to what shows up for us. So I thought today might be helpful to just do a a little bit of a different episode and talk about mindfulness. So this will just be me today. Um, So talking about mindfulness, what it is, how it helps, and then maybe just a quick mindfulness practice um, um, exercise at the end. So John Kabat-Zinn is really the father of the mindfulness movement here in the United States. And he described mindfulness as the awareness that emerges through paying attention on purpose in the moment and non-judgmentally to the unfolding experience moment by moment. So what does that mean? For me, and I would say um, how it's helped me, is that it gets you out of your head. And I know one of uh, uh, my guests, Robert Cox, said, you know, if I'm not in my head thinking about the past or the future, I can be present in here and now. And so getting you out of your head helps you distance yourself from that inner critical voice, from that managerial part of you that wants to make everything perfect and right, 
Um, but it also, it also just brings an awareness to where you are right here, right now. So how is that helpful? It's helpful because when we're reacting, when things happen in our lives that bring up anxiety, that create stress, our brains and bodies go into reaction mode. We go to that very primal place, the fight, flight, freeze mechanism that has helped us survive as humans forever and or for as long as humans have been here on the earth. And that reactive state can be really helpful and really, um, really can save our lives. Like if you were crossing the street and suddenly a truck comes barreling down the road and is going to hit you, it gets you running off the road. So really important. But it also can be overreactive. That fight, flight, freeze mechanism can also be stuck in overdrive. So if we've experienced trauma or a difficult childhood, maybe our protective mechanism is in overdrive. And so everything feels like a threat. And that can create a lot of anxiety. If your world doesn't feel safe, and that doesn't mean like physically safe necessarily, but internally, if you don't feel safe in the world, either emotionally or physically, you're going to be anxious. You're going to be stressed out. You're going to feel overwhelmed because your body's working in overdrive to keep you protected. So mindfulness can help recreate neural pathways to lower, well, to do things differently, to, to respond instead of react. If I'm present, if I am fully present, then I can be aware, I can be mindful that maybe the things I'm feeling, the reaction that's occurring, that's just starting to bubble up, that feeling in the pit of my stomach, or for me, it's the, the tightness in my chest. I get this almost burning sensation in my chest when I'm feeling uncomfortable or stressed or anxious or I'm agreeing to do things that I don't want to do. That's my go-to. Um, I get this the little tickling sensation, this burning sensation in my chest that says, pay attention. You know, here you are. You're about to react instead of respond. So what does that mean to respond instead of react? What does that mean? Well, that means you're checking in with yourself. You're being mindful about what is happening internally. So if my body is saying to me, this doesn't really feel good and I'm not listening, I'm not being present and paying attention to what I want or what I need in the moment, then it's telling me, it's, it's speaking up for me. It's saying, hey, 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 pay attention. So if I can be present and say, all right, well, maybe this sensation of the pit in my stomach or butterflies in my chest or my throat's tightening up and I'm feeling this, this constriction up in my, through my neck and my shoulders. All right, so if my body is talking to me and saying something's not feeling good, can I pay attention? 
Can I be mindful? Can I tune into that and be curious and say, all right, well, what do I need? What do I need right now? What is it that's happening right now for me? Or what is this trying to tell me? What am I, what am I interpreting about this issue or event or experience that's creating this discomfort? As I said, in my own experience, in my own work, I'm learning that I tend to, my, my go-to reaction is to meet other people's needs. Because something in my past, you know, has created this feeling that if I can avoid conflict, if I can make everybody else happy, then I'm going to be okay. But the reality is, if I'm constantly making everybody else happy, I might not be happy. So it's learning to really figure out what I need. I think that mindfulness can also be really helpful in creating an awareness around our triggers and things that create a sense of distrust or unsafety or stress or anxiety. And maybe these triggers are for things that happened in your past. Maybe these are things that maybe aren't even conscious and that maybe the sound of someone's voice or a particular smell or the color of something or an environment that reminds you of another place that you've been that maybe wasn't so happy or was really difficult or was traumatizing. And so mindfulness, being more present in your awareness, having a, a greater sense of what's happening in the here and now can help you identify that sometimes maybe your reaction to a stimulus, so something that you see or smell or hear, doesn't really equate to the reality. So, for example, say you were to walk into a restaurant and you smelled french fries cooking and that brought you back to a place in your childhood when your parents were arguing french fries were on the stove or in the you know your fryer later or whatever and that was a very distressing time because the argument was really intense you were scared but that smell is what brings it back that smell is what brings that memory back. And it may not even be a conscious memory. It just may be like, ooh, french fries? Nope, I don't wanna go there. So what mindfulness can do is can bring you back to, okay, I am right here, right now, in this restaurant, smelling french fries, feeling a little uncomfortable. Maybe I'm being triggered by something that I'm not recognizing, but am I safe? Are, am I safe in this moment? Am I okay? Am I in the here and now? And if that here and now is safe and sound, then maybe this is a memory. That can be incredibly relieving. That can be incredibly like that place where we sort of step away from the cliff. So instead of then allowing that reaction to take us over, 
we're bringing ourselves back to the here and now. What do I see? I see my friends here at the restaurant. I see people who love me and support me and we're gonna have this great food and enjoy this experience. And I'm not back there. I am not caught up in a memory. I am now caught up in what's happening in the present moment. So I've shared with you how mindfulness can help, you know, in some ways has helped me. Um, With the practice of mindfulness, it can also um, just bring a greater awareness around everyday things and help you be more present with the people in your life. So other ways that it's helped me is it's helped me to be more present and attentive when I listen to other people. I am much more aware of when I'm not listening now than I ever used to be. Where I could have a conversation and be paying half attention, like say if my kids were talking to me about something that happened at school and I was caught up on my computer or back in the day when I was in grad school and I was doing homework and I was half listening, most of the time I wasn't even aware of it until they said, Mom, I already told you that. So... (laughs) Now I'm much more aware of when I'm not listening and I can stop the person who's talking and say, I'm so sorry. I was not listening to what you were just saying. Do you mind repeating yourself? Do you mind saying that again? Because I really would like to hear what you're saying. I'm also able to be more aware of my immediate surroundings. Like if I'm taking a walk with my dog, noticing the breeze and how it feels on my skin, noticing the sunlight as it breaks through the clouds, noticing the sounds of the birds or the kids laughing as they're walking home from school, noticing my little dog's toenails on the pavement and what that sounds like, noticing my own irritation if he stops to sniff too often. So just being more present in my, of my immediate surroundings and things that are happening for me in those moments, much more aware. I also, um, the, the amazing thing about mindfulness is it also can help bring more gratitude to what is. So when I am outside and feeling that sun on my face or when my little dog comes to snuggle up next to me, the gratitude I feel for being present in that moment and experiencing that in that moment is so nourishing and fulfilling. So instead of worrying about what might be or what I should be doing, I'm appreciating and being grateful for what is. As I mentioned before, it has also allowed me to become much more aware of things that trigger me. So now I recognize that Um, when I'm not asking for what I need or advocating for myself, I'm getting triggered. And sometimes I recognize it and sometimes I don't, but I know that that's a trigger for me. Mindfulness is also about not being judgmental. So as John Kabat-Zinn says, paying attention on purpose in the present moment and non-judgmentally to the unfolding of experience moment by moment, that non-judgmental piece is huge. I know for myself and for the clients that I work with um, and for my friends, our inner critic, that part of us that 
wants to point out when I make a mistake, when I do things wrong, when maybe I say something I could have said differently or didn't respond in a way that felt true and real. I can be super hard on myself. And I think we all have that capacity where that part of us that thinks, you know, by reminding us that either we're stupid or we're terrible or we're ungrateful or whatever it might be, you know, that part of us thinks it's helping. It's helping us be better people somehow, but it hurts and it makes you more anxious and it makes you feel uncomfortable with self. And so, I am learning through being less judgmental about others in the present moment. I'm also learning to be less judgmental about myself and finding self-compassion and finding ways to nurture and heal the parts of me that want to criticize, that want to make me feel bad about myself. And lastly, just for me, a greater awareness around when my inner critic shows up and all my other parts. So when they're showing up, whether it's my inner critical part or the part of me that wants to make everybody else happy, being more aware, being more present, listening, paying attention to how I'm feeling, what's happening in my body, what are my thoughts, how am I interpreting a situation? It brings, being more mindful brings a greater awareness to all of those things so that I can be more in touch with myself and know, and know myself better. And that, that, I think, has been one of the greatest gifts that I've experienced through mindfulness. So there's tons of research on mindfulness as well. Um, and that research is growing day by day. But uh, some of the areas that research has shown that mindfulness can help are easing anxiety and stress, which is why I advocate for it in my own life, but also um, in my private practice with my clients in therapy. It has been shown to help reduce addictive behaviors such as binge eating and drug and alcohol abuse. It's shown to lower the rate of pregnancy complications. It's shown to, it has been shown to lessen the symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder and overall improve quality of life. So those are some pretty big benefits. So how do we bring more awareness to our everyday life? Uh, part of it is meditation, and I, I, I firmly believe that a daily meditation practice, 10 to 20 minutes a day, is really, really vitally important. It just helps soothe the nervous system and helps you sort of um, learn how to be more aware of your own personal experience, you know, whether it's physical reactions, how thoughts create an internal story, all that, and how thoughts impact how we're feeling. But it also allows us to let those thoughts go and know that the thoughts do come and go and feelings come and go and um, our experience changes from moment to moment.
But mindfulness can also just be a, a greater awareness of the present moment, of things you're doing right here, right now. I know I tend to listen to podcasts in the car, and so I didn't want to guide you through a mindfulness meditation where maybe you would have to close your eyes or something. So I'm going to guide you through a driving meditation. Uh, and so no, it's not really a meditation. It's a, a mindfulness exercise for when you're driving. I know for me, driving can be a pretty reactive experience. If people are being very aggressive or driving too slow or there's a school bus ahead and I'm late and I need to be somewhere, you know, it can bring up all kinds of stuff where I'm like screaming at people in my car to get out of the road or move over or whatever. So how to be more present, less reactive, more responsive while you're driving. So first, if you're in your car, or the next time you're in your car, start by taking a few slow, deep breaths. Inhaling and exhaling with awareness. And you can even say to yourself, in and out as you inhale and exhale. One more slow, deep breath in. Exhaling slowly out. And then I just want you to bring an awareness to your hands on the steering wheel. Notice through your peripheral vision where they're placed on the steering wheel. If they're both on the steering wheel or if it's just one hand. Notice what that steering wheel feels like in your hand. Is it warm or cold? Is the surface smooth or rough? Are your hands really tense or are they relaxed? Can you feel where your palms and your fingers and the steering wheel make contact? And I just want you to feel that for a moment. And now, Notice your feet. Is your foot on the ignition or, I mean, on the gas pedal or is it on the brake? Are you accelerating? Are you decelerating? How much pressure, how much tension in your leg is required to put pressure on that gas pedal or the brake pedal? What does your foot feel like? Can you feel the, the space between the sole of your foot, your shoe, and the gas or the brake pedal. How about your other foot? If you're, if you're driving a, a car without a clutch, what's your other foot doing? Is it just stationary? Is it flat on the floor? Is it extended in front of you? What does that leg feel like? Is it tense or loose? And now can you notice your bottom on the seat of the chair and your back where it makes contact with the driver's seat or the passenger seat if you're a passenger. And now I want you to notice and bring your awareness to the things that you're seeing outside the car. What colors are you seeing? How fast are cars driving? 
Are you noticing pedestrians in the street or the trees as you drive by? How about houses? You know, are you in a rural or urban area? What's coming into your awareness in this moment as you drive? And just noticing that and how, what, how it makes you feel, what's going on inside as you're driving. And if someone were to cut off, you know, cut in front of you and make it difficult for you to drive, what comes up inside? Are you angry? Are you afraid? How does that change your experience in this moment? And if your instinct is to be angry and think, what a jerk, that guy just cut me off, maybe take some time and think, well, what's happening for him or her in this moment? that she felt the need to cut me off or he felt the need to cut me off. Maybe they're in a hurry. Maybe they're not paying attention. Maybe they just got some bad news and they're driving all caught up in that experience. Can you bring some compassion to that moment for that other driver? And, and, and be curious about what might be going on for them that they're not paying attention to what's happening in the world around them. I know how hard that can be. I totally do. But bringing a little curiosity and compassion to the other people in your world as you're driving down the road can create a much less reactive response from yourself. And lastly, I want you to bring attention to the sounds that you're hearing. Maybe you have music on in the car or Maybe the person behind you in traffic has their speakers in their car up so loud or had they have one of those subwoofers in their car that you can just feel that vibration of the music in their car. And just allow that to come into your awareness without judgment. Or maybe you're driving down the highway and you can hear the tires of your car on the road or the other cars or trucks passing you by. Can you just allow those sounds to come and go without judgment in this moment? So there you go. Your mindful exercise is now complete. You can bring yourself back to your regular scheduled, your regularly scheduled programming. Well, I'd love to know how you felt about that experience or if it was helpful. Um, I would also love to know if you practice mindfulness or you're new to it, how it's helped you in your life and and ways it's affected you and, and how you interact with the world. I would also love to know if there are topics that you would like me to address on the Woman Warriors podcast that you feel would be helpful to better understanding the connection of women and anxiety and why women are twice as likely as men to experience anxiety there are things you would like me to be talking about that I haven't addressed, shoot me an email. 
visit my website. There's a contact form there that you can send me an email that way, or you can call me. So I'd love to hear from you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I know it was a little different than the interviews, but um, I enjoyed doing it. So I hope it was meaningful, and I hope that you have a wonderfully mindful week. And uh, I look forward to hearing from all of you. Ciao for now from This Woman Warrior. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Woman Warriors podcast. Music was written and performed by Andy Cush. If you'd like more information on the Woman Warriors podcast, the show notes, the resources that were discussed, or links to the profiles of the people who were interviewed, you can find them at www.womanwarriors.com.